Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. Um, and this is Dimity in Denver. Jealous that Sarah is out there in Portland because do you have your party hat on for tomorrow night, Sarah? I do, I do, I do. I've uh, I got a nice manicure and uh, we're talking about the Mother Runner party that um, only I'm going to be at here in Portland on Wednesday the 20th. We're celebrating the first day of spring with the Mother Runner party. So it's kind of the fertility. There's a fertility undercurrent there, right? Uh, <laughs> You're going to have estrogen uh, scented perfume around the room. Yeah, kind of yeah. Have it misting every now and then. <laughs> right. Um, so then, but so if, you, if you know, being, uh, having mingling with about, you know, 80 to 100 mother runners and having some wine and some nibbles and um, amazing swag bags and giveaways from our partners sounds like a really great deal. Um, check us out. We are having a party in New Canaan, Connecticut on April 10th, in Montclair, New Jersey on April 11th, and then Sacramento on April 24th, and in San Francisco at the Sports Basement on April 25th. So we have a party. Um, uh, We've got filled. a party schedule. Yeah. You might have to have a birthday cake at the one in Sacramento. I realize that's Ben's seventh birthday. Oh my gosh. Dimity. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just realized that like the other day, but you know what? We can celebrate another day and I'll get him some balloons before I leave. I mean, I'll get him some presents too, but yeah. you know, I, I, yeah. I can feel guilty about it or I can just say he's not going to remember that in a year and he probably won't because, you know, I'll still be here for his friend birthday party and we'll have a family birthday party that weekend. And yeah. It's all good. I ran today, right? <laughs> um, so, um, but if um, if people do want to get um, and uh, us to send a link to invite them to the party, I think probably the best easiest way is to email us at runmother at gmail dot com and just put in the subject line like Montclair, New Jersey party or Sacramento or something like that to kind of clue us in because our inbox can be a little bit like an overflowing hamper. It's on our website on anothermotherrunner.com. If you go to AMR in person, um, it's right over there and you can, you can um, see. Uh... Yeah. See the dates. And then there's a clickable link in each one of those um, witty um, posts about the parties. So good. So exactly. yeah. So if you're in any one of those four cities and then uh, if you want to see where else we're going for the year, also check out that um, AMR in person um, page on anothermotherrunner.com. But Dimity, speaking of, uh, you say, you say, I think perhaps in Jess, it's all good. I ran today, but did you actually really run I, today? I did. I did. I ran for 30 minutes. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I, um, I, my foot as, as you all recall, um, because I know you're hanging on every last chip that's come off my bone. Um, <laughs> they're collecting them. It's kind of like... <laughs> exactly. It's uncanny. It's relics uh -huh. for a lot of money on eBay. Watch out. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so anyway, so it's been six weeks. I was supposed to go see the doctor after three weeks, but that was, um, right after I got, we were coming home from Orlando that day. There was crazy snow in Denver. I almost didn't get home. Um, and my appointment was at like eight in the morning and I was like, I'm just not making that. And so I, um, canceled it and of course never rescheduled. And so my foot has been, I mean, I've been, I've done a couple 30 minute test runs and 
uh, you know, I mean, it's definitely feeling not healed. And so I went back to the doctor and, uh, and he was kind of like, what's your problem? Like, it's only been six weeks. Why do you expect it to be healed? And I'm kind of like, well, because I've got to do a marathon in three months and, um, I'm a little concerned. And the thing about it is, and he, hadn't he told you three weeks and you were good to go? No, no, no. He said in three weeks, we're reevaluating. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, hopefully this doesn't gross people out too much, but I mean, it's, it's a chipped bone. It's not like I broke the bone and it's got to grow back together. It's like there's a little popcorn kernel off to the side. Oh, gross. Dimity, my... stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> off to, you know, the side of my um, foot. And actually, I've been emailing Jane Anderson, who mm. has hosted our mother runner party in Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. um, who's great and helping me kind of figure out what I need to do because... I mean, I'll, I'll admit, you know, I don't think it's smart to run on an injury, but holy cow, I've put in so much work. And for me, this, you know, for this little popcorn kernel to ruin everything, you know, is not going to put me in the best mental state. So, um, so anyway, so long story short, the doctor was like, you know, get over yourself. And I was like, well, you know, can I run on it? And he's like, yeah, you're not going to do any more damage. She's like, trust me, I have runners in here all the time that have stress fractures and all they want to do is go, go, go. And I won't let them. He's like, you can go. <laughs> Cause basically like this little popcorn kernel, is not going to reabsorb back to the bone. It's far enough away from the bone that it's just hanging. So the problem is, is it's hanging out in all this soft tissue. And that's what's getting so angry. Cause like Ugh. that's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's gross. It's gross. But I mean, if you think about it, no wonder like my foot feels so achy and like, it's got like pain shooting through it. It's not like, I feel like, you know, it's, it's broken still. It's just angry. You uh-huh. know, it's like you have a, pe- you have a pebble in your foot instead of your shoe. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so like, it's not going to get any worse. I mean, the biggest, my biggest concern is that I don't, you know, end up like compromising all my stride and everything for it. So, I mean, let's, I, just, I just, today, let's just do some home surgery, Dimity. Like, let's just get some tweezers and really just go to town and go in and get that puppy out. I know. I know. <laughs> well, a cortisone shot is an option. Um, mm-hmm. But he said, I, he said, I've got to give it four more weeks. So, because I mean, I still have, I can bend my toe. It's, it's, this isn't interesting at all. The long story short is I can keep running as long as it doesn't hurt too, too, too much. And so the, that makes me feel really good. Like I know I, I, I now I, again, see that Ironman Coeur d'Alene, you know, finish line in my eyes once again. And um, I mean, I, you know, I feel good when I'm running. I feel fit, you know, so I mean. And you, you, and know, you look very fit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, it's all about how I look. Yeah. So um you know, three miles today, I was like, oh, that's good. I only have to do that, you know, nine more times and I'll be done. <laughs> Which, you know, when I, when I shake that down, it feels a little, uh, what's a good word? I mean, daunting, but what's a good vocabulary word um, for today's? Um, well, I'm not exactly sure. for daunting. Insurmountable. <laughs> Insurmountable. Sure. We'll give it, we'll, we'll get, we'll get our, we'll let ourselves off easy today. Yeah. So it's insurmountable. So anyway, so I, I am very um, excited about that news, you know, is as kind of odd as it is. Cause you know, you would think to stay off of it, but the reality is, is he said it may be a year before it gets reabsorbed and it may never get reabsorbed. So. Oh gosh. Is this going to be like the, the new lingering dimity thing? Like <laughs> I know you see my left hip and now it's, and he's like, it's, it's tiny. You know, he's tiny. He's like, you can bend your toe. It's tiny. And I'm like, geez, you know, you got the world's smallest violin out for me, doctor. Like, geez, you know, like looking for a little sympathy here, mister. So, uh, so I really, if I could, if I had better artistry skills, I would just draw a picture of you being the splayed spider on that ice patch <laughs> in Salt Lake. Cause I can still so see it. Uh, I, I had a picture of it. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, and that's the other thing. I mean, and I'm like, dude, if, if it's one fall, I mean, one fall that, you know, I wasn't training and it was for a flight I wasn't even freaking on, <laughs> you know, if this is going to like slay my Ironman, you know, dreams, like forget that, like shut that front door because forget that's not happening, you know? <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's like an E.M. Forrester novel, like how one little tiny event can then just reshape all of history and, you know, and, you know, fate and, and destiny and all those great themes that this English major likes to think about. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's, let's, let's zoom it back to Earth because I'm so excited to bring on our pal Christine Hinton, who is at therunningcoach.com. She is the mastermind, right, behind all our... <laughs> the mastermind. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and I have to say, you know, it's hard for me. I mean, I, I, I am a running coach, believe it or not. Um, but it's hard for me to kind of look at a program and know what kind of success mm -hmm. people are going to have on it, you mm -hmm. know, um, without having done it myself. Mm -hmm. And so when I was reading them after she did them up, I was like, well, these are really good and innovative and smart. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You have to wait, you know, until you get some numbers on the clock and see how people feel and how they enjoy themselves. And Holy cow. I mean, I don't think we've gotten any negative feedback at all. I mean, oh, people no. are ripped up on them, right? Right. And, and what you've left out is that they're the training plans in our book, Train Like a Mother. That um, So she developed those plans so that despite your um, RRCA uh, certification there, Dimity, we did go with a true professional. Um, well, she's RRCA certified, too. I mean, oh, I'm, not, I'm just not a practicing coach. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're like an attorney that, you know, decides to be, you know, a novelist and you're like, oh, I'm still an attorney. Um, so, um, you, John Grisham, you. Um, so, so, no, so, but Christine Hinton is the person who developed the training plans and train like a mother was what I was trying to say. And I mean, it is astonishing the success that people have had on those plans. I mean, just the way they're like, oh, yeah, I knocked 15 minutes off my previous PR, half marathon PR, you know, oh, you know, I wanted to break 30 minutes in the 5K and I did, ran a 27 or whatever. And it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing and, and so rewarding. So we um, are bringing Christine on to answer some questions for our virtual 5K. Yeah, so the 5K um, Finish It plan is on our website. And if you um, search for the AMR virtual 5K, all the information will come up about it. We're kind of in the middle of it right now, but, um, but we would welcome you to join on in because it is, it's a walk-run program. So you can kind of jump in regardless of um, where you are. If, if you need to jump in at week one, that's totally cool. Our doors are open. Mm -hmm. But the, um, if you um, want to play, um, play along with the majority of people, the virtual 5K is uh, you plan on running it on Mother's Day weekend. So yeah. uh, then you get a really nifty sticker. So anyway, w without further ado. So we're excited to have back on the podcast, Christine Hinton. How are you, Christine? I'm very well. Thank you. And thanks for having me back. Good. Yeah, we um, and we're not the only ones excited to have you back. We uh, yesterday on our Facebook page when we posted the uh, plea for questions, Katie, who's a mom of nine and also the model of our this is not a speed bump and I'm not slowing down tea. She wrote, I don't have a question for her, but please tell her I think she is awesome. Oh, yeah. that's very sweet. Very nice. <laughs> so, so let's just dive into the questions because we got a lot of them, the people who are on our virtual 5K and, and a couple of who are doing a virtual half marathon, it looks like. Anyway, so, so Jamie has a question about pace and she wants to know, how do you maintain an even pace while running? Jamie admits to fluctuating tremendously saying she can't seem to find a solid rhythm. 
Um, well, I think as far as pacing, proper pacing takes a while to learn, um, I think, intuitively. I think we all do have sort of an intuitive pace clock that we can um, manipulate into uh, practicing in, a, in, in our workouts so that we can learn how to establish a proper pace, whether it be in training or in racing. Um, I'm assuming she's talking about just in a regular training run. Mm-hmm. I would and think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are, what I would recommend is, if she doesn't already, is to get a watch. Um, Garments are great because they can tell you exactly how fast you're running um, along the way. So that, I would recommend that. If that's not doable, getting on a track and oh, just getting uh-huh. a regular stopwatch. Um, for example, if she knows she can cover three miles in 30 minutes, then, um, you know, then make sure that she's hitting each quarter at the proper pace. Um, and that way she can, can manage to, uh, to stay at a nice, even pace. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is using the treadmill. I'm not a huge proponent of the treadmill, but, uh, it is one way to learn how to consistently stay at a pace when you <laughs> plug the number in. And it's not gonna... Sounds like we're like in New York city or something who admit to it, who had the fire? fire? Yeah. I'm sorry. I live in a sort of not urban area, but along some urban roads. <laughs> you are so, you're so in the city there. You are. <laughs> That's fine. The fire station's not too far from here. Just See, keep... I don't even hear it. Isn't that funny? I didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention. No, safety first. Safety first. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, so my... Stop, drop, and roll on us, okay? Okay. <laughs> if I'm on fire, yes. Yeah. That girl is on fire. Sorry. To, uh, no, that's good. Um, so to, to basically to kind of start that over again is I would recommend using a track to keep track of, of uh, your pace every quarter of a mile or every 200 meters. Um, I would recommend using a treadmill. You can punch the pace in and stay there um, using a watch. And I know some of the Garmin watches now give you average pace instead of the pace that you're running. So um just make sure that when you're when you're looking down that you you yeah that you know which, so that you're yeah that you know which one it is because the one ten tells you average pace and I don't think you can change yes. it on the one ten and that was that really messes with me particularly if I do tempo because you know I warm yes. up slow for a mile or two and then if yes. I don't restart it I'm like I know I am doing better than a nine minute mile I just know I am. Yes. And so. that's one of the frustrations I have with that watch too is, and that was something I had to adapt to was, yeah, not knowing, but what you can do is, uh, to make that a little less frustrating is, um, instead of having it lap every mile, have it lap every quarter mile, oh, um, uh-huh. just so that it can kind of keep your, so that your average pace is going to be true. The, the average pace that's displayed is going to be truer to oh, your actual pace. That's a clever workaround there, Christine. <laughs> Well, and the other thing about Garmin's, I know some of them, um, you can, you know, race against a virtual, you pacer. know, runner. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a pacer. Yes. So you can say, I want to stay at a 10 minute mile pace and it'll beep if you, you know, vary too much on one side or the other. So That's that perfect. helps. I mean, the other thing, I mean, I just feel like at times you, you just settle into what is your natural pace, you yes. know? I mean, I, I kind of feel like I am a one pace wonder, like whether or not I've been training hard or not. Like when I set out to go for an easy run, like I I'm at nine 30, like it doesn't matter, you know, if I'm like ready to run the Boston marathon or I haven't run in, 
years, I'm going to be just at 930. And I mean, I think you kind of just have to embrace that a little bit, right? Yes, absolutely. And I also think that some variation is to be expected. Um, I live in a super hilly area. My mile splits are not going to be dead on even each Mm -hmm. time. Um, You know, if I'm have a huge hill to climb, obviously, it's going to be a little bit slower. And that's where learning how to use your perceived effort is going to be important, too. Um, so yeah, so I think some variation is obviously is normal. Um, but if you really want to nail down, I think using a track or a flat route is, uh, is a good place to start. And also I think, I think, um, I think Dimity has admitted to this and I've seen it in person that, that, you know, somebody like she looks at her Garmin a ton and I, mm-hmm. I worked a couple marathons ago really trying to feel a pace. So like, I don't know. I think I think you can definitely train yourself so that you you know just glance and and tr- you know play a guessing game. It keeps things a little interesting. You think, oh, right now I think I'm probably doing a ten thirty. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm ten seconds off, or you know, right on it, or pretty close. And so, um, and I think that comes with with time. Um, oh, most you know, most the, certainly. The, the, I mean, yeah. I didn't work on that till like marathon number. I don't know, right. seven maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And over time, you you get more in tune with your body, and you can. Yeah, you're right. All of a sudden, you say, "Oh, this feels like an eight forty-five," and you look down, and that's exactly what it is. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I don't think I was born with that gene. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I look at my Garmin all the time. I don't. That, that there's nothing I have tried forever to. I mean, I can tell on a bike if I'm going really fast or really slow, and mm-hmm. and I can tell if I'm running if I'm going really fast. You know, if I'm really really working, but. Beyond that, all bets are off. It just, well, and some people never do. I mean, some people just don't ever get it. So thankfully, there are watches and other devices that we can use. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, speaking of, um, of running faster, Kim is um, direct and to the point, and she wants to know, how do I get faster? Yeah. <laughs> That's a big, big question. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, again, I have to assume some things about Kim. Um, I'm going to assume, you know, that she's been running for a while, maybe hasn't been doing a whole lot of speed work yet. Um Or we could assume the opposite, that perhaps she's done a ton and has hit a plateau. So I figured kind of maybe talk about each one. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're new to running and, you you know, you're just you built up a nice, decent base and now you're looking to um, get faster at the 5Ks or 10Ks, uh, simply starting with some strides, doing some short um, speed interval work once a week into your training program, things like that are in the, uh, I think the 5k own it, you can modify if you're not ready to go to the own it from the finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, just pick, pick out a couple of the workouts and start including those, um, little things like even like losing weight, um, incorporating some form drills, um, doing some strength training, all that stuff can, can help as well. And I find a lot of times runners hit a plateau at some point if, if Kim's been running for a year or so and she just can't get past a certain uh, time in, in whatever event she's training for. Um, that's when you need to start looking at your training and say, okay, what can I do a little differently now um, to kind of shake, shake things up? Because the body does adapt mm-hmm. and it figures out what you're doing and it stops improving. Um, so at that point she needs to look at what she's doing and say, okay, what do I need to do differently? And that could be anything from, you know, how she's recovering to adding hills to maybe going a little longer, mm-hmm. adding a day of running. I mean, it could be uh, a plethora of, 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 things. 
Yeah. Boy, I think you just covered pretty much all the things that I was like. I know. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, I just thought, oh, magically on race day, my times will drop because I'll be so excited by the adrenaline and the crowd and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, no, if you don't train to go faster, if you don't do some things to make yourself stronger or have more efficient stride or something, it's just, it's it's not a magic pill you can swallow that morning like your vitamins. So. Right. Well, no, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing, I mean, if we are, if the, if you know, if Kim is a beginner and um, and people who are doing the virtual 5K um, are listening to this, I mean, I think one thing you really have to do is be okay with running faster and having it hurt more. You know, I mean, you know, the easiest answer is to run faster. You've got to run faster, right? I right, mean, you've got right. to put in some intervals. You've got to, you know, pick up the pace. Put in, you know, if you're running for five miles, try to do one or two at the race pace that you want to hit for the 5k. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, stuff like that, you know, and so you've got to like feel that you've got to get in that zone and realize that you're not going to die. And that, you know, you can actually, the more, the the harder and the longer that you can hang in there, you know, the better off you'll be. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, I, I really shy away when I get runs, um, you know, training runs with paces in them. I'm always like, Oh God, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then I get in there. I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. Or, yeah, this is hard, but I can hang here. And it kind of gives you confidence that you can do it. So, I mean, you kind of fear like, you know, bringing your splits down by a minute. But the reality is, is if you can do it for, you know, one minute today, you know, and then next week you might be able to do it for three minutes. And then all of a sudden you're working up to a mile and you're hitting those and you're like, wow, you know, it's just like anything. You just got to train yourself to do that. Well, I think your mental um, aspect of it is, is, a, is a great point um, because it, it does start to hurt and your instincts are to slow down, to stop everything in your body, everything in your head. All the little voices are starting to say, slow down, slow down. But you do. You, you have to continually practice at race pace, especially if you are training for, you know, if you're, we're talking 5Ks here, um, do small, small intervals at 5K race pace, your goal 5K race pace, and it's going to hurt. And what I always tell people is expect the pain, mm-hmm. embrace the pain, and then you'll you'll finish and you'll be very proud of yourself. One of those shirts that they always have at um, cross-country meets, right? Pain is temporary, but pride is forever, yeah. you know? And that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. And your, your, time will, your time will live forever on the internet, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but that said, I think um, since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. Bark boxes include all natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first bark box. Dimity let Bark Box know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com. Dot com slash amr that's barkbox.com slash amr woof 
Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. That, that people have to remember that those are, as Christine said, those are only maybe one or two workouts a week, that you don't want to go out there and just gun every single workout because then right. that's... Right, and recovery too is important because, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I've actually, uh, years ago, I over I did too much training and overtrained and as a result ended up slowing down. Um, you pile on too many speed workouts after speed workouts after long runs and not allowing your body to recover from that you're just breaking your body down. So you're right. You got to make sure that you um, place them carefully into your training. And that sort of uh, the talk of recovery leads to our next question, which is Dana wants to know more about fuel. What are the best foods during long runs slash race day? Well, I was actually reading this uh, current issue of Runner's World and <laughs> Dimity has a really good article in here. <laughs> How to lose weight and, while training. Let me guess. How to lose weight while training for a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and marathon. You got it. And that's a super yeah. long. Is that was a, that's an excellent piece. I know. It's um, a tome. But, uh-huh. Yes. But in there, Dimini, you have the fuel your tank, which which I thought was a wonderful little table of breaking down how far you're going and kind of what to eat before, during, and after. Um, And so if people want to refer to that, I I think that's a great piece to look at, um, even if they don't want to lose weight, just to get the general idea. But I think in in general, um, as far as long runs, you definitely want to start your long run with something in your system. And, uh, and, you know, you certainly don't want a big meal, but a couple hundred calories is something very easily, highly digestible, um, you know, 30 to, to, to an hour beforehand. Um, and then during the run, you want to make sure that you're getting some kind of carbohydrate replacement. Um, and again, that's only going to be needed on, on the, on your longer runs. Um, so there are over 90 minutes or so, right? Uh, Christine, that's kind yeah, of, yeah, I say to 90 minutes. Yes. That's about, yeah. I mean, and it's different for everybody, but I usually say if you, after an hour to an hour and a half, you want to start thinking about using some of the goos and gels and, and blocks and chews and whatever is, uh, uh, works for you. And a lot of it's very personal and, um, what your system can handle. Not everyone can handle the same thing. Sometimes the sugar can be a little upsetting with some people's systems. So you have to experiment with, a variety of products during your long run. Um, I also tell people to, if you're training for a marathon, um, to see what's going to be on the course. Mm-hmm. So let's say they're going to have, you know, I don't know, whatever particular gels they're going to have, then try using those and see if those work for you just because that'll eliminate you having to carry more, more stuff. Um, yeah, no, but there's, yeah, there's a few things I love more than like that free, you know, shot cliff shot or you know a goo a rocktane or something at mile 16 it's like sweet thank you you just gave me like two dollars i so appreciate it <laughs> but don't try anything new while you're out there because god forbid that rocktane fuel all of a sudden yeah, comes no. back up a mile no I, i'm rocktane <laughs> I, 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 I live for rocktane so i'm uh, i'm good 
<laughs> That's funny. And I was going to say another thing about just that people have to keep in mind is you want to have a, you maintain daily good eating habits because your body really has enough fuel in it to sustain you for quite a while. Um, and that's assuming you're eating, you know, well day to day and health and healthfully day to day. Um, but yeah, you, you know, and you got to experiment and some people use real food too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll, they'll take some, uh, animal crackers or, um, you know, other type of little candies or, or little carb, carb based items, um, particularly in ultras and stuff like that. They use real food cause you get sick of the real sugary, mm-hmm. um, stuff. So experiment, buy a bunch of different products, go to the running store and pick out a little bit of everything. And on your runs, try them. Um, I say about every 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes, take a gel, um, take water along, obviously. Um, I I think if you're taking gels and goos, you probably don't need a sports drink as much. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that for me personally changes once I start getting over like 16. I just like to have something besides water as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so experiment, have fun and, and see what works for you. There are two things I want to add. I'll be quick. But the first thing is, I mean, with that story and I think, and it was about losing weight, but I think you have to remember that you actually need to take in quite a few calories during the day. I mean, I think people try to get down to like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, eat 1600 calories and then I'm going to run, you know, five, you know, five miles. So that's, you know, about 500 calories I burn. So that puts me at, you know, 1100 for the day or something like that. And, and the reality is, is your body then just goes into survival mode. I mean, I heard that again and again from, from different people that I talked to, like you definitely, like you said, like eating your, your everyday habits, like make sure that, you know, it doesn't mean that you get to eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's every night, but that means that you're eating like, you know, how, you know, you should eat a well-balanced breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, eat your raw almonds, eat your kale, you know, all the yeah. stuff that you know you should do because right. it really does make a difference, you know, when you start to lag in energy. If you don't have enough calories in your body, there's not enough goos in the world to make you, you know, right. if you've been undernourished for the past three days. You know, and it's just um, the analogy, the same analogy of putting gas in the in your car. Um, yeah. And the, the premium gas makes your car run a whole lot better than, you know, than the cheaper gas. Um, so you want to make sure you're fueling cause your body, you're right. I mean, you're not going to be able to pump out uh, these training weeks if you're not fueling your body properly and yeah. it might work for a week or so. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, you, you're not giving your body what it needs to recover properly to sustain you through the workouts. So yeah, having a day to day, good eating habits. And we all know what that means. Um, yeah. so, you know, just do what you're supposed to do. Of course, indulge every now and then that's part of the reason that we run is so we can have a cookie every now and then. But, um, but in general, yeah, you've got to have the good, good eating habits. I think you mean a sleeve of thin mints, don't you? Yes, I know. Yeah. How'd you find okay. out? <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I've really learned with eating training for this Ironman is, I mean, you really, Sarah, you've said it again and again, but you really got to be on a schedule. If you are training for a half or a full you know, and doing some longer runs where you're out there for a couple miles, you know, a couple hours. I'm, you know, I'm trying to take in between about 250 calories an hour, which is a lot. I mean, I, and, um, and so, I mean, for me to be on the bike, I mean, that's, you know, two gels. I mean, because I really like to drink noon and that's zero calories. So that's just a lot of food, you know? And so I am, you know, kind of experimenting with noon plus some more sports drink just because I need more calories and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, but getting my body, yeah. yeah, getting used to handling that. So again, like, you know, if you're out there for three hours, like practice the way that you are going to fuel on race day. So, you know, Sarah, you're so good about taking one every, you know, 40 minutes or whatever, it's certain mile markers, you know, and so do that. And so then when race day comes, you're not all of a sudden like, Pushing. oh, wait a 
take one, you know. Yeah, because you can get so caught up in the excitement or like even when I'm running with a friend, I get, you know, we'll just get so carried away in the conversation that it's like, oh, no, 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 wait, stop. We have to put a pause button on the conversation and, you know, do some gel and, and, and go from there. All right. So we're shifting gears now. So we're going to go from nutrition to your head, um, which is a big, like we just talked about that mental space. Um, Kimberly had a horrible run a few days ago and we've all been there, right? Where you're just out and you're like every, your leg feels like, you know, they're each two tons each and you're plodding along like an elephant. Um, and she asks, how do you recover when a, when a run doesn't go well? How do you, you know, get that oomph back and, and get back out the door and convince yourself the next one isn't going to be quite so bad? Well, I, first, I think the first thing to realize is that running is like anything else in life. You're going to have good days and bad days. You're going to have good runs. You're going to have bad runs. Bad runs are just part, part of the training. Um, and in fact, when I have a bad run, I try to turn it into a positive thinking, wow, if, if I could run through that, <laughs> if I could yeah. run through my legs feeling like they weighed, you know, a hundred pounds each, then, uh, you know, I, race day is not going to be a problem. Um, I usually don't get concerned if, if someone complains about just having one bad day, if your bad days string along three, four bad days in a row, that's when you might want to start looking at a potential cause. One here or there, not a big deal. Um, mentally, I know it is a big deal. <laughs> it's uh, because we do, we, we, pay, we place value on how, on how our training's going by our last run. Um, and we have to remember that the big picture is, your, is all the training you've been doing. So if you're feeling really down about your last run, maybe break out your log, take a look at what else you've accomplished, um, how your runs were going, you know, last week and how you were nailing all your paces um, and keep try to keep things positive and maybe have some affirmations going on in your head, especially as you go into your next run so you can shake out the bad run um, and just kind of let it go. Don't let it define your whole training. Um, you know, and, and just realize that those days do happen. Um, and they're not necessarily a bad thing they, you don't want everything to go perfectly all the time. You want those bad days to come because I do think they make you mentally stronger, um, as well as physically stronger. I also tell myself sometimes that it's like flipping a coin and that just cause you get two heads in a row doesn't mean that the next one's, you know, going to necessarily be ahead. Cause, oh, I keep I, like each, like each coin toss is separate and, and, distinct mm-hmm. from itself the last one it does the, they don't influence each other that i mean sure yeah if you're only trying to subsist on 500 calories a day yeah that's gonna you're gonna have a string of bad runs like we were talking about but you know just who knows maybe you had half a glass too much wine at book group the night before <laughs> or you know you you fretted too much about some work project so you were awake from 2 to 4 a.m you know right um something like that so that that there's a lot of factors affecting it. And I know for me with um, with a with a marathon training plan that until I have that one bad run, I sort of feel like, oh, what's what's going to break here? And so when I have that one bad run, I'm like, cool, got that one out of the way. Yeah. So I agree. Gonna, you know, yeah, instead of saving it for race day. But I'm wondering, are you guys hanging out together? It's like one cookie, half a glass of wine. Like, what's going on? <laughs> no, no, no. I said half a you glass guys, too much. Wait, half a glass uh, too much. <laughs> Um, well and i just have to say i'm just going to interject this that that dimity if she is eating a whole sleeve of girl scout cookies it is not showing up i mean dimity you are always a sleek thoroughbred of a person and becoming even more so as you're doing iron man training so um Oh, yeah. good. Phew. I got the compliment I was fishing for. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> no, no I, I've cut down on sugar, but I definitely haven't cut down on wine, which I know is, is sugar, especially the white kind that I like. Like, 
Oh, this is just like the the really rich frosting that I like on cake. Just in liquid I form. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I have given up white wine. I am now drinking only. Uh, I think it was Pinot Grigio. Supposedly has the least amount of sugar. Oh, <laughs> really? No, yeah. you know, uh, no. If you've given up white wine, then you mean Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Thank you. Pinot yeah. Grigio has a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> me, being, say, that's um, <laughs> me being here in the Willamette Valley, I know from wines a little bit. Uh, he knows something. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Hey, don't say you don't learn anything listening to another Mother Runner <laughs> podcast. That's right. <laughs> um, so, um, so Cindy, who I know um, here, she lives right outside Portland, and she's on our half marathon own it plan. So not not for the virtual 5k but we'll let this question in she gets pushback from her friends who wonder why all of our training plans except for the marathon ones have you running farther in training than you'll go on race day and mm-hmm. um she says that her friends were like yeah why are you running 15 miles if the race is only 13.1 and and i'm pretty sure our um does our finish it plan go exceed three miles or no uh- well, I looked at, um, I looked over the plans and well, the 5k finish it only takes us up to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. The 5k own it does take you up to about seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, the 10k finish takes you a mile over to at seven. Mm-hmm. The 10k own it goes nine to 10. Um, the half finish it takes you 11 to 13. So you don't go over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the half own it is 15. Yeah. Um, so really I would say that the, two that go a decent amount over a couple miles over would be the 10 K own it and the half own it. Um, and when we were talking about developing the programs, we had said that the own it ones, um, we want to make sure that, that the distance is not an issue. Um, you don't want to go into the 10 K or the half marathon, like she's training for and worry about the 13 miles, 13 miles should just be not an issue. Um, yeah. So you want to make sure that you have that proper base built. And the only way to, I think both mentally and physically build up that base and get your body used to being able to cover that distance without any worry of completing the 13 miles is to take you a slightly over it. Um, and obviously in the marathon, we don't do that because we start to have recovery issue. Well, yeah. (laughs) And you know, and some, actually I, I take that back. Some coaches do advise going over the distance. Um, and I think maybe some people can do that, but there you're getting into recovery issues, but for a half marathon going up to 15 allows the 13 to feel easy, mm-hmm. oh, you know, as easy as a 13 miler can feel. Right. <laughs> um, so then you start, then you can start worrying more about how fast you're going to run it rather than just covering the distance. Um, I, I must, I hope that that makes sense. You just want to have that nice, strong base there. And sometimes that requires going over the distance, over the race distance, um, in order to feel comfortable uh, enough to focus on the speed aspect of it. No, that totally makes sense. So Andy, and this is a good question, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So she wants to know um, about some guidelines. And specifically, mm-hmm. uh, she has a couple different ideas. But the one that I want to focus on is compression socks. And this is uh, guidelines about recovery, we should say. Recovery, yep. Um, so, so at what point do you say, you know, compression socks would serve me well after that run. Is there a certain distance or time that you've been running or is it really just a personal thing or when you feel like your legs are sapped or when do you um, prescribe when you have your athletes go? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about general guidelines of, of after a long run and see how compression socks fit into that. Um, I think when you're, after you come off your long run, first thing you want to do within 30 to 60 minutes is have your post uh, run 
recovery meal or shake or whatever you're going to have. Something that's got to have a good carb protein blend in it. Got to make sure you get hydrated again. Uh, jump on the scale, see how much weight you lost. Convert that to ounces in uh, water. Get that back in. While you're still warm, before you start to cool off too much, you want to get in some stretching. Um, dynamic stretching seems to be what a lot of people are preferring now um, rather than the static stretching. But post-run, you could also do some static stretching. Um, then I reach for my foam roller. I get on my foam roller, um, start rolling out any sore spots, um, anything that's, uh, uh, that I know tends to get sore the following day. Um, then I, I don't always do this, but people, people, uh, I have done it in the past and there is some benefit to it. People have mixed reviews about it, but jumping into the ice bath, um, post ice bath, I think that would be the time where you would throw on any kind of compression items that you have. Um, I think it is a personal preference. Some people run with the compression socks. Um, obviously I think there is some, uh, use for them, particularly if you're going to be, you know, if you flew f- to a marathon far away and you're getting back on the plane and you know you're going to be sitting and being still, having the compression stocks um, uh, keep your circulation flowing is going to be important. Um, just like they do in the hospitals after surgery, when you're when you're laying there, they give you the compression socks. The same benefit is is uh, it will be received to runners. Um, so that, I think that that's where those compression items can fit in. Um, and then, you know, trying to take a squeeze a nap in at some point in the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> I right, have I to nap. <laughs> and so Christina, you, you, are you, uh, fronting all this for us? I mean, cause right now you've given us what, like an hour's worth of recovery. Like what are we doing with the kids? The angry husband who wants to go, you know, play golf or go on a bike ride or whatever. Well, you no. know, the stretching and the massaging and the foam rolling and all that, you can totally incorporate your kids, which I've done. I have a foam roller for me and a foam roller for my son. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> you really, oh, that's awesome. I think we need a picture of that. Yeah. So, and his foam roller's very beat up because he has swords that he takes to it and all kinds of things. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I try to incorporate my kids in, and my daughter now is old enough to actually do some of the running with me. Um, and you know, if I make a shake, I, you know, get them to help me make it because I, and then I'm assuming most mother runners are this way. The minute you step back in the house, your run is pretty much done. So anything you can fit in. Um, so if you know that the minute you walk back in, you're going to be surrounded by children needing things, don't walk back in right away. At least stand outside. (laughs) Honestly, stand, stand, stand down the street so they can't see your home yet. Do a couple, do a little bit of stretching. Um, and then walk in and eat and drink and, and, you know, foam roll if you can, um, the ice bath, you know, that's kind of up in the air. I've heard different things. If, I mean, if you have a sore spot, that's really killing you, throw some, I throw an ice pack on it for a little while. Um, and then take a nap when your kids do, if they're still napping. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I, uh, have started doing some dynamic movements when I get home from running and, I was doing them out on the uh, back porch the other day and I look in and there's my son, John, and he's mimicking me, like totally doing these little moves. And he gets this really exuberant look on his face just to mock me kind of. <laughs> That's so funny. And the kids love to do that. I remember when my daughter was younger, she was, you know, three or four asking for uh, Gatorade and goos and chews and she'd be the kid, you know, having the... Uh, uh, protein bars and yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly. you, you know. go, for, go for a snack at school right you know that's you're right <laughs> your kid has a chocolate mint goo for a snack a mint chocolate. Right. 
that's right. That's right. But I do think the compression stuff is is pretty neat, and um, uh, so I think that that's definitely worth trying out. Um, and again, there, in the world of compression, there's a variety of different things from the sleeves to the full sock. So there again, it's personal preference on what um, what works for you. But I, the one place I would totally recommend them is if you plan on sitting in a car or in a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon after having run a long race. Yeah, I was all excited. I remembered to wear mine on the flight out to Orlando when we ran the Disney Princess. So I was thrilled to wear those on the way home. And I have to admit that, so I ran um, eight miles this morning with 10 times four minutes in zone three, hashtag Talam 2013. Um, And so I am sitting here and I am wearing compression socks, 110% compression socks underneath my boots. So, All right. yeah, cool. Yeah. Styling. Yes. Um, so, so we have to, speaking of your kids, we have to let you go to pick up your kids, but thank you, Christine, for joining us again and answering the questions and for designing such awesome plans for us. Well, thank you very much for having me again. I love doing it. Good. Okay. Talk to you. Talk to you. Okay. So I, I think we probably could have asked her maybe about, oh, another hour's worth of questions. So, um, it's good. We will have, we will have an hour long podcast, won't we, Dimity? We will when we when when it's virtual 5K race day. It's coming up, yeah. um, which is great. In the meantime, I think I'm going to go get you know some matching rollers for us. That maybe that's the problem with my children is they don't have their own foam rollers. <laughs> so I think I'm, I think I need to go to go make a run on those. So I'm going to buy you know a family set, and then we can all foam roll together. And then when I get home from my runs, it won't be the chaos that it always is, right? <laughs> the family that rolls together stays together, or stays something together. like that. <laughs> or does it get bitter that they their mom is a mother runner? <laughs> right, right. So, well, good. We'll visit us on Facebook at Run Like a Mother the Book on our website, anothermotherrunner.com. You can tweet to us at, at the mother runner on Twitter. And please check out our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother on Amazon.com. And many happy miles, whether you're training for our virtual 5K or not. Mm-hmm.